Welcome, everyone, to Tech Trek. I'm one of your hosts, Jeff Kirk. I'm your other host, Jenny Kessler, and I'm so excited to introduce you to a third host this week. Um, really great guy and a huge Star Wars fan. Don't let that hold you. Don't hold that against him. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Jay Oldacre. Hey, everyone. Tech Trek. Thanks, hey, Jenny. welcome, Thanks, Jay. Jeff. <laughs> so psyched to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. We are psyched to, that you're here, too. Um, do you want to tell us a little? We, we talked a little bit on the last episode. Like, Last episode, we took compared Star Trek and Star Wars tech and kind of took a few good whacks at Star Wars. Um, and then you are a, a, what I would call, the, when I think of who's the biggest Star Wars fan I know, it's Jay Oldacre. So ah, okay. a little bit about like how you came to Star Wars and what you love about it. Yeah, I mean, for me, like I, I can't remember a part of my life where Star Wars wasn't um, around or in it somehow. You know, growing up, um, as, a, as a kid born in the 70s and, and living through the 80s, most of my, my fondest, earliest memories have something to do with Star Wars, whether mm. it was, you know, playing on the swing set with my mom and making her Leia and making my little brother R2. And I, of course, I get to be Luke, um, you know, things like that to the stories my parents would tell me about, you know, how on my it was either my second or my third Christmas, um, they bought me uh, like a, a kid table. And I got the Millennium Falcon and a bunch of action figures. And they said that I just sat there for two days. Like, I <laughs> want to do anything else but play with my Star Wars toys. Um, <laughs> you know, I remember going to see Return of the Jedi on opening day. I, I, I still have the pin that they gave out on that day, this big round thing with, with the cast on it. Um, so for me, like, it's, it's just always been around. Um, and, and it's just something I've always cherished. You, you know, I, I'm bonding with other people over it. Um, whether that was through agreeing on it or arguing about it. Um, yeah, just, just lots of, lots of great memories for me in my life about, about the stories that were told in it, you know, some of the morality in, in the, uh, in the films, um, you know, the, the, the whole universe, um, there's so, it's so big and there's so much to explore either stuff that's in Canon or stuff that's, you know, fan fiction or, or whatever. And then, you know, you have the Disney acquisition and, um, it's just always changing. Uh, and, and so it's just, it, it's always been a part of me and it's never left and I don't think it will. Mm. Well, do you, um, are you at all, have you ever watched Star Trek? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, like anything sci-fi or action related at all, like my eyes were glued. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Star Trek for me, I didn't, it didn't resonate with me as much as Star Wars did. Like it, it, it wasn't as meaningful. Mm. Um, you know, I loved watching the show from what I can remember when I was a kid. Um, when the movies would come on HBO, I'd watch them. I mean, they were just great, you know, space adventure movies for me. Yeah. Um, but but I didn't I didn't have the bond with the characters in Star Trek that I had. Like, the, for me, there was no Luke Skywalker in Star Trek. There was no one I wanted to be. 
Yeah. Um, oh, and, and, okay. that, and that was, that was a big deal for me. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that was something that we had talked about. Like there is no appeal to children, for example, in Star Trek. Right. Oh, the gate. Like when I was a kid, my dad would watch it on Saturday afternoons and I had nothing, you know, I didn't have a choice. Like I watched them like, Ugh. but then uh, when I got older and the next generation came out, I was just like, it was spectacular to watch at that point. But, uh, but we were talking last time, like, I mean, you've got Ewoks and R2-D2 is adorable. And like, there's, right. there's something in there for everybody. Right. For sure. <laughs> When they, when they get it right, when they get it right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 And the, and the child, we talked about that a little bit from the Mandalorian series. Oh my God. Baby Yoda, <laughs> you mean? I mean, yeah. I mean John, John Favreau is just a genius. Through and through, <laughs> every single time. That guy does not miss. Yeah. That, um, yeah, I, I'd agree. I totally, like, I, I will admit that I am a snob as far as like Star Trek over Star Wars, but we sat down to watch the Mandalorian and I saw the baby Yoda. I was like, I don't care. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> well, I mean the thing that the dynamic that I love about that show in particular is the faceless Mandalorian and the voiceless child. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. like the, the, they're missing yeah. two major components there. Of, but they of, fit. But it works. Like, yeah whoever's doing the edit like you have Favreau directing and whoever's doing the editing like they're just they're killing it right now yeah yeah we've been we've been watching we've been watching the Mandalorian series uh, here this last week and a half just trying to finally keeping up with some of the other <laughs> streams of things that are going on um, and and I will I will be the uh, usually the harshest critic that I know of what I've seen in Star Wars um, versus like a star trek story uh, i do really like the mandalorian series mm -hmm. especially in especially in perspective of the last three star wars movies which i just can't wrap my head around enjoying yeah um, we'll get there we'll talk about yeah that. <laughs> we'll get to that in a minute um so jay uh, it was funny last week we were talking a little bit about uh, our experiences with it with star wars my experiences with it started uh at least with what i can remember detail wise my my aunt, who's also my godmother, an amazing lady, she's a saint. Uh, <laughs> uh, my aunt Dodie had all of the Star Wars movies on laser disc, so the big like yeah twelve inch discs that you had to oh, flip over. Yeah. Oh my gosh! But she was the coolest aunt because she had a laser disc machine. Right. Like besides the Star Wars movies, she also had the Superman and Superman two. At that this point. is a nice little library. Yeah, it's a great collection of laser discs, <laughs> <laughs> and she had Wrath of Khan. So, okay. okay, you know, we had to we had to balance we had to balance things out a little bit that way. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's my earliest memory is go back to like laser disc of Star Wars in there. My uncle, my uh, cousins had the the Darth Vader head that you could on you know. You open up and you could put your action figures inside of it. I had that too. You Me had too. that, then I would have oh, been yeah. jealous of you both because I was poor and I didn't have anything <laughs> like that. <laughs> Except for the legacy of my name. Jenny, yeah. you've heard the story. Jay, have you heard the story of of my name? No, I'd love to hear the, the story of your name. I think it's I think it's I think it's worth it for this podcast. So. <laughs> okay. He's been holding out on us. I have actually. 
I don't want to make it about me. I've got a big enough head. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, so my last name is Kirk. This has been established. This is, uh, is on record. Um, my grandpa's name is James Kirk. What? <laughs> and my grandpa's brother, who would have been my great uncle John, in the from the forties until the late seventies, worked for the CIA. Okay. <laughs> he, was a, he was an operative. He was an agent. There were many times where we didn't know where he was. Wow. As a family, he just he would he would just my dad said he would just show up in um, his dad's garage. He'd come home from school and open the garage door, and his uncle would be sitting there in the garage with a cigar, <laughs> just waiting on a chair, <laughs> <laughs> like. Uh. It's Total kind of, spy. It's the kind of like, uncle I strive to be to my nephews. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So Uncle John, on one of his trips, was dispatched to uh, not anywhere foreign, but actually sent to Boston. Because there was this guy hanging out outside of MIT in the nuclear studies college, trying to talk to the scientists who were walking in and out of the building. Well, at that point, MIT was doing a lot of classified experiments for the United States military. And they didn't like these people just hanging out outside their, you know, where their studies were going on. Mm -hmm. So they sent some, some folks, including my uncle to go check out this guy. He get, he started observing it. He watched him. He got him into a conversation and found out that the guy's name was Gene Roddenberry. <laughs> and he was trying to get, some scientists to read his script so that he could get some some sign off on what he was proposing technologically in the script for the story that he was writing so wow. my uncle arranged for a non-classified <laughs> section of scientists to, to help him out with his with his script uh, but at the end he had a script done Roddenberry wrote to my uncle and said hey thanks for your help uh, how can I pay you back? You know, when my uncle said, Hey, I, I can't take monetary credit and you can't list me artistically because that'll blow my cover. <laughs> so here's some names of some guys in my family. Just name some characters after oh, them in the wow. story. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. And so then uh about after the after the pilot finally did its thing and the series started airing, we got a letter in the family that we have in our possession from Roddenberry to my uncle describing who he named in the series after my family, including James Kirk. So that is unbelievable. What a good story. Yeah. <laughs> what a good story. So yeah. it's so fun that, I mean, yeah. like, so for me, the pull to Star Trek is like, it's, it's magnetic and genetic, you know, like, yeah. <laughs> like right. I have to just keep going. <laughs> right. Right. It's on, yeah. your so it's on your family crest. It is, yeah. <laughs> it and this, be. you know. We... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, so that's my deep experience with, with Star Trek versus Star Wars. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a bias, you're saying. There's a bias, I will yeah. admit. Deserved. Um, yeah. <laughs> that is, it's there. It colors my commentary at times. <laughs> right. Right. And, and, well, and, you know, as, as you were talking, like one of the things I was thinking about was I came into contact with Star Wars before Star Trek. Mm. Now, like I always had a predisposition to anything sci-fi, anything yeah. action, especially if it involves space. Like I was dead set on being an astronaut when I was a kid. 
Um, cool. <laughs> yeah, but I just wonder if, like, if part of it for me was just that I experienced Star Wars first, you mm. know, in, in a way that I didn't necessarily ex- experience Star Trek. One of the there, there was a there was a Nerdist podcast episode a few years ago, um, and I can't remember who was on that. It might have been Joss Whedon, um, mm. but they were discussing the political nature of Star Trek and some of the storytelling that was happening in Star Trek, um, which I always found to be fascinating. I don't know if I would have been able to latch onto it. The, you know, the, I mean, similar to the prequels, like galactic trade routes, who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, and Jenny, like for you, what, what, what did it for you with Star Trek? Well, um, I had encountered Star Wars first too. Like, uh, and then, um, you know, my dad was uh, like watching the, the original series and we'd watch that. And I, and I was like, it's okay. It's okay. Um, and then it, Next Generation came out and um, I had a, a, a friend who was like all about it. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'll, I'll ride along. And he would like 15 minutes before the show started, he would set up the stereo and enhance the bass. And like, we would sit back and like, the sound was you would feel like the ship engines uh, <laughs> in the in that and i'm like wow and um it was that's so cool such a cool. like an uh encompassing feeling and you really get into the story that way and i really yeah. like you know no offense jeff but james t kirk is is kind of a narcissist and you know, risk oh. and all this stuff and completely uh, agree. Okay, <laughs> um, I'm not offended at all. That's why. That's why when I take those which Star Trek character tests are you, I try as hard as I can to not get Kirk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I just I really connected with um, uh, Picard because mm. of okay. like he was if I, if I was on a starship, I would want somebody like him running it who is. Mm level-headed and fair and um tough a little bit um mm. and then he had uh Riker his number one um mm. who was more Kirk like you know he was, oh, he was yeah. captain didn't necessarily go on a, away missions he you know he sent the adventurers out you know and like right. uh you know he had to mind the store really um but and I the things that I he had all this confidence and poise but the minute there was a child in the room, he just got weird. And mm-hmm. um, like, just, no. you know, just like to see, he had a vulnerable side and, yeah. and like, I just, it was so endearing to me. Yeah. Like, um, and I also really liked um, Deanna Troy, her, she's half human, half empath. And like right. her, her way of picking up on other people's emotions and stuff. That was an interesting um, thing in her, in her story arc over the, the entire series too where she starts to be interested in being in command and, and going through training and and all this stuff so it's a, it was t- kind of taking the all the women are in very short dresses which actually they were because of budget reasons like they didn't they didn't have the money to like make oh that's funny costumes that were <laughs> much um and so you know to have women being in leadership roles and you know role models for me that 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 representation was um had a big impact so yeah. i just i just i love the technology in it and wanted it <laughs> uh, and right. star, star wars was a you know for me a great adventure and interesting and all that stuff but i would i don't want to go there 
I wouldn't want to. Right. I, I can't wait to go there. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. You know, I think even when I think about the, the general tone of some of the, 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 just the subtle differences between the two, at least, and, I'm, I'm, and to, to preface, I'll always start with the original trilogy. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so, so a lot of what I say, well, I'll base in that. Um, for me, it's like, you know, you, you have this group of people who are already oppressed and trying mm-hmm. to escape or battle a, a giant regime who's controlling them. Um, you know, that, that for me, would, it grabbed me more than what felt like an extension of the military with, with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and, and you get into some of the differences with Star Trek being rooted in Earth and, and our galaxy and, and things we know here and, you know, yeah. Star Wars being, you know, galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Um, they're, they're just set up a little different in that regard. You know, Star Wars is clearly more fantasy. Um, I, I think Star Trek is potentially more future. Um, yeah. You know, like we, we can jump off from where we are now in 2020 and kind of imagine how we might arrive at a Star Trek. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's, it's true because if you think about Next Generation and the technology they use, they're walking around with iPads. You know what I mean? It was right. like 20 years ahead of <laughs> of that design and you know there's people out there trying to build um the medical tricorder tricorder uh, to be able to diagnose in a you know in an instant and then begin treatment and right so the the technology of star trek really presses in on us and if i don't know if you've watched picard or not but you should watch picard it's very i watched the trailer the trailer looked amazing yeah it's and they flipped it uh, where the federation is not benevolent yeah. anymore okay um so it's a really interesting to see kind of the crew of the of the next generation uh, approaching this problem of being in a in an oppressed situation kind of right so um but the technology that they use in there is more like the internet of things that, where you know they'll pull up a holographic display and be you know pull you know they're still pulling and pushing on things but it's more like gesture oriented and, and things like that so there are right. very few gadgets in and yeah the, that was I, one of the things that we talked about a little bit in our last one jenny was talking about sort of the difference in the technologies themselves you know it seems like like star trek is very future very mm-hmm. um computers are a not only necessary part of the day but are an assistant, a true assistant into how you plan and, and how you get things done. And versus Star Wars, it was, you know, the biggest technological thing that we saw, at least in the original trilogy, was probably the holographic game on the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I mean, yeah. well, or the, a, lot it, the droids. a lot of it was like, yeah, or the droids, right? Yeah. Um, but a lot of it was, you know, push a, push a switch, turn a knob, um, pull a lever down, um, mm-hmm. go go hit on the pipe side with a wrench <laughs> until it starts to work again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was that was one of my favorite parts of the last episode uh, was your discussion on the Falcon. Um, <laughs> so it was pretty solid. However, I will say that um, there, you know, there there are several arguments online around which ship is faster. Um, there there was one in particular that I that I really enjoyed are you guys familiar with what's called um 1.0 sop no 
So I'm, I'm going to read this to you real quick because I, I, I thought this was great because I, I love, and Jenny and I, we've talked about this in the past. I, I dabbled in screenwriting for a while and, and I love putting stories together. Um, but that 1.SOP says that all starships in, sci- in all science fiction are always traveling at the speed of plot. Right. <laughs> so, so it's always about, it's never about the actual measurement of speed as much as it is about how do we get from point A to point B. Mm-hmm. Um, which okay. I thought was just a, a, a fascinating lens to think back through all the different, you know, science fiction things that I've taken in over the course of, you know, the last 40 years. It's, um, it changes for me how I, how I view some of those things, especially how the writing and structure is put together. Yeah. Yeah, that is speed of plot. That's, a, that's exactly right. <laughs> Right, right. It's, sure. it, but it, <laughs> yeah, I like that perspective too. Um, it's interesting because there is definitely, at least, at least what I've seen with Star Wars, it is more story than Star Trek. Okay. Star Trek. Star Trek still, even the movies were just bigger episodes. You know, it wasn't okay. it, right. It, they could forget next week what they what they just learned this week, you know. <laughs> well, um, they, a lot yeah. of times, and that was a good a good basis for how they could write their stories too. <laughs> but the, yeah, the new Star Trek movies, in fact, destroy the canon, and they do reverse, they completely destroy yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah. Do they in a lot of ways? Yeah, completely. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it, when you get to the second movie, it's like, and they and it's kind of fun because the second movie is where they encounter Khan, mm-hmm. um, and and it's a whole because of there's, you know, a cataclysmic event in the first movie, nobody's who they, they're still who they are, but they're, they're changed fundamentally. And, and the history going forward, if you will, history going forward, um, is, uh, <laughs> That's a good change, one. change from the timeline of the original series. Cause they have like the original series cat, I mean, characters. Right. So yeah, they just totally turned it upside down. And it's to me, I, that is so cool because it opens it up to a new right. thing it's almost like fan fiction if um to a degree but it's good it's mm. really good not that fan fiction is good um <laughs> but but it lost my dad like he's a big star trek fan and then he, he saw that first movie and he's like that's not how it happened and i'm like i know so now well, we have and, a whole new world well but, and, and that in, you know in that movie you're also dealing with with JJ and Damon Lindelof and that like there's there's just a completely different. Now I love everything those guys touch. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. Like even even all the new Star Wars stuff, love it all. Like I'm just a JJ fan. Period. Mm-hmm. Um, and but you know I, you can tell like there's a massive difference in tone, um, in feel in those movies than there were in the in the previous movies and in, in the yeah. television episodes. Yeah, it does. And and I think even with going back to what the sort of the new series that are out. So discovery and Picard um, while there are some haters in general, just because things aren't exactly like the original series were, or the next generation were, or, or deep space nine or, you know, or take your pick. Right. Cause they're, they're all going to have an opinion. Um, there was still a pervasive feeling of hope in, in the series. The movies didn't really feel like that. Uh, the recent movies, mm. uh, maybe besides Star Trek Beyond, which was the last one, um, Simon Pegg was the major driver of that. So you know, there's there's a there's a difference there. Uh, right. He's not he's not J.J. Abrams. He's also not um, he's also not a Star Trek writer. He's J., you know he's Simon Pegg. So right, right. 
yeah. Um, well, he is well, now. Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, but I really appreciated the the last one out of the out of the last three, um, mm, really because good. of where they were able to go with some of the some of the details of it, that kind of thing. Um, yeah. It's funny you brought up the 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 three the three latest episodes. So you'd said that your experience started with the the previous the the original trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My wife's experience didn't really deal with the original trilogy as much as it dealt with the, the first, the, the prequels, I guess okay. the episodes one, two, and three, which mm-hmm. I have not watched. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, I saw the first I, one in the theater. Yeah. Oh, Jenny, my money. wife, my wife told me, and this was when we were dating, she told me this, but um, it's still, it's, it's a story that I just can't, and she repeated it last week. <laughs> she went and saw episode two, I think, every couple of days for two or three months what? with one of her friends. I just would go episode every, two? Every, of yeah. all of them? Episode of two? All of them. Episode be, two. Wait, because the An- Anakin is dreamy or what was the... No, it's, in fact, she says it was so weird that he was like having a big crush on Padme and that kind of stuff because she was so much older than he was. Right. Right. You know, it was like another one of those weird star wars relationships <laughs> yeah i mean honestly for me episode two ranks at the very bottom um i it's at the, i there's very little that is memorable for me out of it um you know episode one i mean duel of the fates uh you know the the final darth maul battle that's worth my money every time um Dar- Dar- one has an iconic I, song you know it, it really have- really does yeah <laughs> they, but i just i wish so much that they would have done more with with darth maul i mean what a phenomenal now that you know oh, they're yeah. doing it more in clone wars and, and yeah. there, there's been some things yeah. extended there and with rebels um but he was just what a great jumping off point from just having darth vader like the the scary factor there like that his character would have lit me up as a little boy like i would have been scared mm. to death at night going to bed thinking about darth maul yeah. Um, Kylo Ren doesn't scare me as much. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I'm gonna make my this gonna be my first hot take. Right. Is, uh, <laughs> Can I just Kylo Ren doesn't scare me. He's he's more like he's more like the lead singer from Dashboard Confessional <laughs> um, with with a sword. Evil uh, Kylo Ren on Twitter is the best Twitter account. I, I follow that one. It is that. really funny. <laughs> It's so my good. grandeur is real, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's so. It's... Yep. I like well, Kylo and, Ren. And and honestly, I mean, what what better way to like to put the idea of a, of a, the offspring of Han Solo and Princess Leia out there into a character as as emo like as as Kylo? Oh, Ren. he's. I mean, yeah, I, I'm surprised that he's not listening to like the Smiths or something like that in his in his in his quarters. Right. <laughs> Joy right. Division is playing in the background. Yeah. <laughs> there, there, there are lots of things that I liked about what they did with Kylo Ren. Um, mm-hmm. The the problem they were up against was they were never going to recreate another Darth Vader. No. Like you, you cannot take an iconic character like that. Um, and, and try to get even close to it, you know, like the, the there was just, there was no big bad. Um, and that's, you know, the, the, for me, the two things that, that the final three um, lacked were, were a true villain. Like they, they would carry them through all three, all three episodes. And the one thing that I wanted was to see Han, Luke and Leia together at some point. Yeah. The fact that we didn't get that. And the fact that Ray, Finn and Poe 
that that was what did it for me with a new hope is like you were thrust into this adventure with with the with a small group of people in a very yeah. small space and they're forced to bond and be in relationship with each other yep we didn't get any of that in in the in the new ones yeah. Um, and that's what I feel like it, where we really like, we couldn't bond to the new characters because of that. And I didn't feel like we were able to honor the old characters because we didn't get to see them together either. Like I wanted to see the banter back and forth between them. I wanted to see Han treating Luke like a kid, even though Still, they're yeah, seven. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like I, I just, that's what I was hoping for. Now there's like, I cried in all three of them. Like they're like, there were all, you know, there's so much emotion for me wrapped up in a lot of what we saw. It was great. Um, I do remember uh, swearing. Are we allowed to swear this? On this oh, one? yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. absolutely. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Shitting my pants getting, <laughs> getting to the end of, um, of episode seven and realizing that, like, I'm not going to get to see Luke do anything. Like, yeah. I, like, waiting, just waiting for Luke to, like, turn up somewhere. Um, and I love how they left it off and it led into the next one. Like, I mean, clearly I was, you know, couldn't wait to see the episode eight. Um, but, yeah, man, that one, that threw me. And I really did. I really wanted to see them together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I love that Princess Leia is now general. Um, she was for sure a role model for me too. Yeah. And Carrie Fisher as well. Rest in peace. She, um, yeah. I love her. Everything she's been in. I read her autobiography. You know, I've mm. watched all all of the movies based on those uh, her uh, memoirs or auto like. Um, what was that? I can't think of it. I, this happens to me all the time. <laughs> the one with Shirley MacLaine where um, it was sort of a, a, a parallel to her life. Postcards from the Edge? That's that it. Yeah. No. Is Maybe. it Postcards from the Edge? Um, yes. Maybe. The second book was Surrender the Pink and it wasn't. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, it was, uh, I just admire her very much and, and yeah, I appreciated her in that episode. And then the beginning of the number eight, part eight, felt like i was playing mist <laughs> yeah i mean like wandering around that island and there's nothing going on and lucas right. being a baby and right um, you know and it was he's being, of, he was being a crotchety old man is what he was being or that yeah. he sure was you know that like, was yeah that that there, there were certain things about eight with luke that i really liked like there, like I liked seeing his anger because he was he his emotions were always at the surface in the in the first three anyways, um, mm -hmm. you know, and and that was one of the things that I think really made Yoda and and Ben Kenobi nervous was that yeah. you know he was always right there, yeah. um, you know I, I I would have liked to have seen more early progression of Ray with the Force, I mean with yeah. Luke like we it came in very small steps. Mm -hmm. you know um yeah they he, were kind of like they're kind of like sips you know here's right. a little bit here's a little bit here's right a little bit. yeah 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 so I, I like it i think it was a little easier to digest that and, and invest in that um you know with with ray had had all the makings of being a really great character and i thought daisy ridley did awesome mm -hmm. um but yeah again like it just wasn't something that that i latched onto as much as i did the the first three movies so I got a question. Yeah. So I, I watched finally um, the last episode mm -hmm. this last weekend. Okay. Thank you. Did, are you guys familiar with the body of work of podcasts that came out? I mean, it was like maybe early two thousands 
uh, called Ask a Ninja. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So they had one episode about reviewing Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Okay. And there was um, a whole sequence where he's talking about the Kraken, the Kraken, the Kraken, the Kraken. Right. You know, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, but he also talks about like everything is a pirate, you know, that parrot is a pirate. The governor turns into a pirate. Oh yeah. You know, the one captain turns into a pirate. The girl turns into a pirate. The plot line is a pirate. The boat <laughs> is a pirate, you know, like, right. <laughs> and like, so yeah, becomes a Jedi, a Jedi master. And they didn't talk about it, at least that I could remember in any of the other movies until at the yeah. end of, or in, in episode three. And they start referring to her as, as master as well. Right. Like Ray calls her master. And then there's this whole like weird training CGI montage green screen right. thing of her going through the obstacle course. <laughs> right. And I'm like, that's obviously that's not Carrie Fisher. And two, like, <laughs> um, <laughs> so, I mean, is it, is it just the aspiration that uh, that everyone at some point decides that they want to be a Jedi if they aren't going to be drafted onto the Imperial team, or like <laughs> I, I'm not sure. So trying so to two, figure out like <laughs> two, two reactions to that. Um, first, in in terms of Leia, like to get factual, you you would have to dig into a lot of the book series that are out there that get into okay. some of the extended storytelling that, that really reveal mm-hmm. more of like, Oh, the Luke and Leia are twins. And, you know, she's a descendant of Anakin. And so clearly she has the force and, okay. um, you know, side note, hated her flying through space. <laughs> like Ryan Johnson. It was so on, bad. Dude. It was awful. <laughs> um, yeah, not, not cool. Um, but so, but even on to the, to the second point I wanted to make with about, um, you know, everyone, a Jedi, I think so. There's there's a an episode of Smodcast with Kevin Smith. What well, I can't remember if it was Smodcast or if it was one of the other Kevin Smith uh, podcasts where he's interviewing Ryan Johnson. So two part two parts here two part episode. Um, Ryan starts to talk about the faith that he grew up with um, and going through the deconstruction of that and and thinking about his worldview differently. And the Last Jedi is ripe with what Ryan Johnson believes about the world and and what his take on faith is um you know and 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 a lot of the progressive christian movement over the past five to ten years um there's been a a larger uh investment in in mysticism like christian mysticism Mm -hmm. and that god is everything and we are all god like if god is in us and god is everything and we are all god then we all have access to the same thing which seemed like it was the message that he was driving home in the last Jedi, which is, I, I picked the, up on a lot of that in the in forces the last everywhere. Jedi. Yeah. The forces everywhere. Yeah. You know, he even Luke is even saying that like, I, it would be selfish of me to, to, you know, hold on to this power just for myself. Um, so that felt very agenda like for me with Ryan Johnson, which made me a little bit sad too, because mm. I, I felt like George Lucas wasn't agenda driven. George Lucas was just telling a good story. Yeah. You know, like I, I, so that, that's, that's another downer for me when it comes to episode eight. Yeah. So that, that's, uh, that's interesting because the agenda part, you know, obviously Star Trek is, is very much agenda. Mm-hmm. Um, it's Gene Roddenberry's agenda <laughs> for, <laughs> for most of the series. Right. Right. Um, it's his vision of, of a utopian future. 
uh, uh, very yes. much of you know the hope that we have in what we can become as a culture mm-hmm. and yeah. the and the fact that everybody brings something to the table right um and that money is not is not a thing it's not you know yeah. it's not a cap, you know capitalism is i mean it exists in pockets and it, with like the ferengi which i know you don't know who these these guys are but um <laughs> they're a merchant society and they're all about you know business and making money and all this stuff they're like the they're like the jawas but on speed oh, okay <laughs> yeah. love to see a jawa on speed yeah <laughs> by the way that's my next cartoon that i'm gonna make <laughs> <laughs> no but yeah the the star trek is very much aspirational um, yeah and, and the future that and that i've totally i am totally bought into is that everybody has something to bring to the table we mm-hmm. can work together to make things better. And it's, it's, and we don't, we don't want to like the, the whole idea of the prime directive, which is um, it's a non-interference policy. So if you're meeting somebody who's never had, you know, has a, doesn't have warp capability, you cannot just go in there and say, Hey, here's a, a phaser, you know, right. uh, you have to respect their trajectory and you don't interfere. Uh, and then there are certain places like where they take social issues from the day and, and weave it through the storyline. Um, and, you know, the whole, there's an episode in the original series where some people are black on this side and white on this side of their face. And then the other people are the opposite and they're mm. fighting all the time. Right. And, um, and when you look at Picard now, um, you know, we're, we're in, I don't want to get into politics too much here, but um, we're in <laughs> kind of an upside down, like from what, like I felt like at the end of the, you know, the last president, we were on a trajectory at, that was leading toward an inclusive future right. where science was the key and, um, you know, everybody's welcome. And now, you know, it's flipped where um, personal religious agendas are coming in and, right. and, and, and that happens in Picard. It's reflected in Picard. Um, and this sort of feeling of everything that you thought was a stable and permanent isn't. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it, it takes real purpose from a silent, maybe enemy that, you know, that's, you know, worked our way in, um, just trying to loosen all the bolts at once. And anyway, I'm sorry to sit. I, this is, no, it's great. I mean, that's to me that, that, that's, I like, that's what I do enjoy about Star Trek. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and, and for like, so for, I, when it comes to the sort of argument of Star Trek versus Star Wars, I just get excited about people who are like hyper passionate about their thing, no matter what it is, you know, (laughs) like I want to see people who are geeking out about something Um, because that's when I feel like people come alive and, and, uh, and so being able to talk with you guys about this stuff and hearing your passion for, for Star Trek, man, it just, it gets me like stoked as as, as all get out. Yeah. So there's interesting, there's interesting parts of, I mean, like to think about, you know, we, we talked a little bit in the last, show about star wars and star trek being a reaction mm. um you know a couple of things that you had mentioned and i'll and i'll i'll kind of bring them up so we can talk about them a little bit more too it's like with star trek it isn't it you know there's a there's a it seems like a simpler everything is is more simplified uh, in a lot of ways there's you know you have a phaser <laughs> right and everyone in starfleet has that phaser mm-hmm and there's a couple other brands, you know, there's the Klingon phaser and there's the Romulan phaser, but they're basically doing the same thing. In Star Wars, you have the blaster, which as Jenny 
um, decided to dive into the well of the, uh, I guess the, the mysteries the, of the blasters. The, yeah, yes. <laughs> the mysteries of the blaster well, uh, which involve different grades and different gases and gases that are right. used to create the percussive <laughs> force <laughs> that the blaster is. Uh, it, it just seemed yeah. like there was so much, like there's so much to Star Wars yeah. versus versus the the a little bit a little bit lighter at least intro into Star Trek. Yeah. And and the the other thing that like story-wise where it feels like the fir- the original 3 are maybe uh let's I like Star Trek but let's flip it over and do the opposite. Mm-hmm. So the Federation is bad in this. Yeah. Right. It's not about uh working as a unit, it's about individuals uh you know finding mm-hmm. their way. Um because the Star Star Trek is very very team oriented, very much about the community, very much about helping each other out and in star wars you have everybody's got their own agenda it's all about like their personal journey being the most important thing i think mm-hmm. that was something a, a yoda quote <laughs> that we were working right. through it was uh, yeah and, and and jenny it's interesting because when you talked about like your your perception of picard right as mm-hmm. as you started to get to know next generation kirk wouldn't have done this and i didn't see this being the case usually in star wars either but um the whole well, there were several of these in in almost every episode where Picard would get his officers in the observation lounge, you know, and they would talk through what the mission is or what the problem is, and he'd get everyone's opinion, and you'd see consensus building going on mm-hmm. until they had reached their, their 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 decision. You know, Kirk was very much I'm going to shoot first, and then we'll figure it out later. <laughs> you know, I, I like that. <laughs> <laughs> Bring some red shirts along just so you can get a <laughs> yeah, little weird, you know? Yeah. And Star Wars, I mean, from what I mean, everything that I've seen, it was very much, I mean, even in the last episode, it was Ray was off doing her thing. Yeah. Even if she would travel, she would like go and leave and do her thing or, you know, that kind of right. stuff. Very, very focused on the individual decision in there. Right. Um, which is interesting. It's a very Western type of philosophy. Well, yeah. that's, you know, and, and I think when you, when you look back at the, at the writers, I mean, when you compare George and, and Gene, you know, George grew up loving, number one, he loved cars. Yeah. So, and, and he loved, he loved mechanics. So when you talk about the yep. Falcon and the punching it and the doing yeah. whatever and the like <laughs> mechanic hacking it. Yeah. Like that's great. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that with like his passion for Japanese war movies and American cowboy movies, like you can start to see how the tone of Star Wars takes shape. Yeah. Um, where you know, whereas with Gene Roddenberry being a military man himself, like you can see where that influence comes from for yep. him. Like it's it's yep. so yeah. interesting to watch how these massive worlds unfolded from these two guys who just had their normal life experiences. Yeah, yeah. it was just it was just basically their mindset and their way that they have approached right. um, how they've handled situations in the past and what they have been thrust into. Yeah. A lot of times, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, Star Wars definitely has a grease monkey appeal. Like I, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> you know, I. My my dad tinkers with cars, and then my best friend's dad uh, did when I was a kid restored cars, and so you know they're always getting in there. And I had to help. I was a I only I'm an only child, so I was in there with small because my hands were small. I can right, get in. I remember those in there ones. and see if you can get that. <laughs> um, and uh, so I'm like, pull uh, on this thing for a long time, yeah, see if it comes yeah. loose. <laughs> now, now go start it. You know, and I'm like, that's I love doing that part. I love doing that part. But um, and now like um. Of course, uh, my husband's name is Dax, and 
and that was a first, the first thing that appealed to me because they're the very key uh, character in Deep Space Nine named Dax. Um, and this is, sorry, a tangent. You're Dax good? was in the Navy it's for right. ten, 10 years and he served on the USS Enterprise, which, you know, be still my heart. Um, and <laughs> they would bring on the, the actors that played characters on Star Trek. So he got to meet um, several folks, George Takei and uh, also um, Terry Farrell. Farrell, thank you. Um, <laughs> you she <got> played <laughs> she played Jadzia Dax, and um, and he he told her, "Oh, my name is Dax too," and she's like, she didn't believe him. <laughs> so he had to, he got out his ID and like showed it to her. Um, so, but um, before, I, at any rate, what was I talking about? Oh, Dax the grease is, monkey. Grease yeah, monkey. yeah. Dax is um, very much into like. He's a mechanic, base, you know, not basically, but among the many things that he is great at, uh, he can fix shit like uh, nobody's business. And so like a lot of times we recently in the, these stay at home times have been, uh, I get done with work, I commute uh, to the bedroom <laughs> where he's been home for maybe an hour and he's watching like, um, what's the car show channel? Motor trend or speed? Oh yeah. Mo- yeah. Yeah. So we're watching like pick some up cars. Like we'll just watch a couple hours of it. And it, at yeah. first I'm kind of like, eh. but then I'm like, oh, this is really interesting. And then then to like kind of think about Star Wars and and like those guys are grease monkeys. Like that's that's their jam. Right. Um, and I, I'm sorry that feels like a really long story. No, no, but but even even from a timing perspective, like if you think about the timing of you know coming out in '77, mm-hmm. you're right in the oh, yeah. throes of like muscle car city. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, like the speeder, like Luke speeder, right? That was <laughs> right. That yeah. was that would be the Corvette of you know the Corvette Stingray <laughs> that everyone would be working on in their in their garage until right. they can get it working and then drive it around the block all the rest of the day with everyone <laughs> trailing behind them. And the, yeah, or maybe the Monte, maybe the Monte Carlo. Monte Carlo, <laughs> yeah. There you go. <laughs> I think or you the, have the, with the, uh, the Riviera. That was the yeah. uh, that was the other one there. <laughs> I think your parents had that money if you're monkey wrenching on a Corvette. (laughs) (laughs) Volkswagen Beetle were like... (laughs) Right. (laughs) Uh, Again, not a muscle car. Uh, Jenny, Jenny, too, uh, to one of the things that you brought up in the last show, too, we did watch the episode that had Amy Sedaris in it. as. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love her. It's very much that. It's very much that whole, like, you know, you could see her falling out of the back of, you know, some station wagon after she had been trying to get the spare tire (laughs) <laughs> unhinged from it you know <laughs> yeah and and that's the thing too the the sort of the whole attitude of folks that are into like cars and 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 that's sort of the, there's a gruffness and an individuality and uh, inherent skepticism and then <laughs> and then a lot of like when you're with your grease monkey buddies you're like like you know throwing shade at them about like oh what did you do that for on your you know like um you know uh, just sort of that banter about not just sort of kind of just sounds mean but like they're they're just playing they're sparring or whatever right um, and so it's starting like i hadn't thought about it that way before until like you started thinking about th- the differences in the tech mm-hmm. and it's like yeah, i can see like the you know the real stamp of you know folks who love cars and vehicles and things um right because really. there's just no grease in star trek <laughs> That I can. Really, there's not. I mean, the only one is is like in Star Trek Four, where they're where they're literally oh. having like, like duct tape that Klingon battlecruiser together, yeah, so it can fly because it's been through heck. Um, 
and yeah. like time traveled in it. <laughs> it's kind of <laughs> yeah. like the DeLorean in Back to the Future in a lot of ways. Okay. You know, like, yeah. to, like like piece that thing together and make it work. <laughs> yeah. Did you see that one, Jay? The uh, Return Home. No. They, so that's they... my wife's least favorite one out of all. <gasps> by the way, she okay. she just can't she can't wrap her head around like she keeps calling. Oh, is that the one with the whales in space? I'm like, it's much more than just whales in space. <laughs> <laughs> it's. I, I didn't. Did you didn't see that one? No. Um, no. Tell me about it. So it's a beautiful story. It's my favorite of the original cast movies. I don't have a favorite in Next Generation because I think they all stink. But um, the they go they end up going back to the 80s, San Francisco, okay. and because everything's going to hell in their timeline because there's a big giant alien. Turd. It looks like a Tootsie Roll. Oh, Tootsie uh, Roll. Sorry, Tootsie Roll. Yes. Big, gigantic Tootsie Roll yeah. orbiting the Earth. And it's like. all the water. Off, it's off knocking. The yeah, it's knocking out power. And they're like, ah. And it's, and it's making <laughs> this noise and, and it's shooting into the ocean. And so okay. uh, they figure out. I don't want to spoil it too far for you. But that no, because the whales are gone, uh, this thing used to c- come and check in on the whales, I guess. And it's looking for whales. So they, need to, they figure out they need to go back to a time when there were whales. And they, they chose like 84 or something like that. Okay. And watching the. Why not, why not go to San Francisco in the 80s? Right. <laughs> and it, of course, you have, you have Chekhov, who's Russian, who has to go find some, get onto a nuclear vessel and get, get materials. And, you know, of course, he's Russian and the times and stuff. It's just <laughs> a, a delightful movie because they're. Fish out. And they used to do that on the original series show all the time. They would go to Nazi Germany or the 60s or something like that. Yeah. Um, and it's just like, and they have to deal with Spock being an alien. And, and Well, and he had just died and had come back to life too. So he had like lost all of his human type uh, stories and expressions because mm-hmm. he was literally just brought back to life and almost completely Vulcan in the way that he was restored. Yeah. So, so like his- he's... He's Super dry, odd. like <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to watch it. Like uh, it's sounding, it's sounding vaguely familiar. Yeah, it's really uh, the, the plot. Yeah, yeah. And the cat. This is started when the cast is really starting to age. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. but they're they're charming, and it's it's such a sweet story. And they are like sort of like they've all got their mission, and they gotta kind of those two. You go there and do that, and we'll do that. Yeah. And uh, they have to figure out how to get a whale onto this ship and then time travel back so that the, the, the whales whisperers that are in the sky don't destroy the earth. So it's just, it's so fun. Anyway, yeah. I just, sorry. I just, that's my favorite Star Trek thing ever. I think, cause if, it, if it's yeah. on, I'll watch it. I'll just, wherever it's at, I'll watch it. I love it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah so yeah. I think, yeah. So that one is, that one's big. That's a big one. You know, and I think uh, what I think, one of the big things for me, Jay, is in terms of the, the differences between the two is like, so we had the original series and you had then the movies that the original series cast did and the next generation. And you still got, at times, you got some of the original series folks back in. Mm-hmm. At times, they kind of weave the story around. They brought yeah. Scotty back a couple of times. They brought McCoy back, you know, yeah. at least once. He was... <laughs> and Spock. Spock, and Spock has been yeah. through yeah. every iteration. Um, and I, and I I liked how they treated you. You knew when it was going to happen. There was anticipation for it, like you were talking about in episode seven, right? Mm-hmm. There was anticipation for it, and then 
there was a payoff because there was usually some kind of yeah. involvement and it might not be the way that you would have thought it would have been, but mm-hmm. it ultimately worked out to be even a better story a lot right. of times. <clears throat> right. So I really, I really enjoyed that part mm-hmm. um, in looking at the two because uh, they, they would do the fan treatment, but they would also do it in a way that the story was able to advance. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then let's see, just, just to take a step back, you have, you have in the timeline, the first really is Enterprise, right? And what that, which is ironic because it really ends up killing Star Wars for or Star Trek for a while. It did it was so bad? Um, <laughs> but I watched it all. I watched it all. And then you Scott have Bakula as the captain. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, he's easy <laughs> on the eyes. Um, and uh, it, it, so that, but that was trash. But it came out after Next Generation, and I. Yeah. And it, and I, I think what there was an episode of Futurama where they're having a all the different sci-fi folks like George Takei was there and they were having like this sort of Coliseum spaceship race or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Sulu flies past Scott Bakula. He's like, thanks for ruining the series, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> the, the whole cast of Star Trek has been on Futurama as well yeah. um, as jar, heads and jars. And uh, in fact, there's an episode where Star Trek had become a religion in Futurama and, and then it was, then it was banned. <laughs> Like the the, for, the forbidden the forbidden stories, and, oh, uh, that's funny. Yeah, so I know, and then you have Voyager, mm-hmm. Deep Space Nine, then Voyager, then Picard. I think is where where we go. But I don't know what I was trying to say. Other than um, there's good and bad. I think in the Star Wars, you you got about the same. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, I think. You know, from and, and a lot of it just has to do with when I experienced it. But the original trilogy is like you can't touch it, as far as I'm yeah. concerned. Like I know, I know, I know there were people who were older than me when Return of the Jedi came out who were not particularly favorable on the Ewoks. I, um, I yeah, I thought the Ewoks were cool. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like that we got a different environment. You know, we went from a desert to an ice planet to a swamp to a forest. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like we we covered a lot of territory there. Mm-hmm. Um. When it comes to the other two sets of trilogies, there are lots of moments that I adore. Um, there are big parts of a lot of those other movies, though, that I'm like, we could have done without it. Mm-hmm. Um, the whole casino thing in episode eight, like that whole sequence with the like freeing of the space horses or whatever those things were. Um, it was when, when Finn is on the... Um, they went to that planet to try to find the key... Um, uh, from Benicio del Toro, from his character, and they, you know, freed these creatures that were essentially like racehorses. Um, okay. We didn't need any of that. Um, that wasn't very fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then you have Jar Jar in in the pod racing. Yeah. Like, there, there's just things that I don't know that they did anything to really propel the storytelling. What were some of the moments in the last three that that stood out as as um, delicious for you as a fan? Oh man, um, delicious! Uh, definitely Han and Chewie stepping back onto the Falcon. Um, okay, yeah. unbelievable. Okay. Ray, Ray and Finn when they're when they're on Jakku and they're trying to escape the Tie Fighters and you know saying that piece of junk it has it's been there for years and then you know camera pans left and it's the Millennium Falcon. <laughs> I mean, part so part of it has probably to do with the emotion I felt in the theater with everyone yeah. else in there and that sort yeah. of like 
that gasp that you all do at the same time when something great happens. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, so that stuff was cool. Um, one of the things that JJ is just gifted at in general, when in, in um, The Force Awakens, when Ray touches the lightsaber down in, in the basement of the, of the bar space or whatever, mm-hmm. and you hear like, it's like the montage of like voices and cutscenes and a whole bunch of things. Like JJ usually crushes that kind of stuff because he's good at packing all of his mystery stuff into very tight spaces and having you trying to figure it out. Yeah. Um, that was fun. Um, Last Jedi, I mean, the final scene when Luke shows up and you're thinking that like, okay, we are going to get to see like Luke Skywalker in his full on, full like Jedi master, all the power that he's supposed to have and stuff. That whole thing was great. Um, There were some people that that disappointed. I didn't mind the sort of force projection stuff. Like I like the idea that there's still things about the force that can be done that we haven't seen yet. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, if the only thing we have with the Force is encapsulated in what we saw in the first three, well, that doesn't leave much to the imagination. Um, so I, I, I like the idea of, of Luke doing that. Um, I will say my favorite move, my favorite part of the last trilogy was when, when Rey saw Luke and when, when Rey was ready to give up and she saw Luke in, in like the burning bush or whatever that that thing was and they had this conversation and and she's like well how am i going to get off this planet and luke raises the the x-wing out of the water like this total nod back to dagobah and the empire strikes back when he couldn't do it oh like i was just sobbing (laughs) in the theater at that point like uncontrollable um uh, you know the significance and i say oh yeah yeah. so you know yeah it's good to hear what you what you love about it because I I had forgotten the connections. Uh, yeah, there's just like there are some arcs that got completed, in in mm-hmm. some of the the newer things that that I really appreciated. Um, you know, it's so sad that we didn't get to see Carrie, um, really do the last movie. You know, yeah. and, and what they could have done with yeah. her. Um, and they, and you might have had that reunion. Right, you know? right, right. Why they didn't yeah. film that right out the gate? Because those guys are all old. Right now, and, I mean, and, and, and every time you know one of those characters came on the screen, I could have been brought to tears in any of those moments, just because it, you know, so much of my life and emotion is wrapped up in trying to pretend to be them or project them myself in some way, whether as a kid when I'm younger or even when I'm a, an adult and facing massive failure and like reminding myself that you've always aspired to be like Luke and fight through things or whatever. Like there's, mm-hmm. there's just so much of that mythology wrapped up in my life that it's just, it's really meaningful. Yeah. That's awesome. It's good to hear. It's good. Yeah. Uh, you know, for me, uh, and I, and I think it's similar because in the, in the first of the newer Star Trek movies, it was JJ Abrams doing that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, but with that, and even in, in the last one, there was a reverence to the original story too. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, bringing Spock in mm-hmm. in the first movie um, and having him be so integral into the story was, was pretty amazing um, to think about like what they could have done. But they were in, they had great actors playing all the roles anyway. I mean, Zachary Quito did a stellar job as, yeah. as Spock. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, but to have Leonard Nimoy show up, and it to be like, and, and to see where they drew some of that from him, even from his his presence in the in the story, it was cool. Um, and then in the last one, um, 
I don't know. Have you seen Star Trek Beyond, Jay? Uh, which one is Star Trek Beyond? That was the third one. That was the last one, the one that Simon Pegg wrote. No, I haven't seen that one yet. I saw the, I saw the first two. I didn't see the last one. So there's a scene um, shortly after they dock the ship um, to head back out on, a, on another adventure, but um, where these Vulcans meet them as they're coming off the ship mm. and the hand spots something and it's a holographic picture, but it was the original cast uh, on the bridge. And it's uh, like, uh, oh, yeah, okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> It's yeah, like that, that kind of stuff gets me. I mean, even if I'm man, not a total Trekkie, like, <laughs> oh, it's just like not oh, back to that. I was, I was you know? weeping at that scene. <laughs> <laughs> this is what good stories do to us. Like, it's yeah, so good. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and I love it in the new movies where they play classical music <laughs> and it's yeah. sabotaged by the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Let's hear the classical like, music, right? Oh. <laughs> that, that song, like, well, first of all, on a personal level, like, I used to play rock band a lot. Jeff come play. We play rock band. Sabotage was like, if this, this guy can like just nail the <laughs> sabotage, just That's like throws awesome. himself whole into it. And then when we start to see the Star Trek movies come out and that, mo- that song is, it's in the first one and it's in the yep. first one. I don't know if they played yeah. the They didn't do it in the second one because that one was too much Benedict Cumberbatch to have the voice in it. How did you guys feel about Chris Pine? Um, as Kirk, what liked do you him. Perfect. I yeah. I thought he did Kirk perfectly. Yeah, I love. Well, I just loved it. Like I when when the when the first movie came out, I just I was in it. Like I'm like this is this is great. I yeah, I yeah. Had a blast watching that movie. It's a great I thought movie. they cast. I thought they cast the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just well. absolutely brilliant. I mean, you had uh, everyone. Everyone top to bottom was was superbly cast in those. Yeah. Right. Now including with, McCoy. I, I love Carl Urban as McCoy. So he was he was awesome. He was, he was, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Especially was, in the first one where he's just like literally just following Kirk around with a hypo spray and spray <laughs> every couple of seconds. <laughs> well we talked know, about that a little bit in the last show. Uh talking about like the COVID nineteen times and you know, someone brought up if McCoy was alive now, he would not only have found the antidote. But tested it on himself first to make sure right. it worked. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's so what so what's up next for the Star Trek universe? Because um, like I, I kind of so, have an idea of what's coming up with Star Wars, and I couldn't be more excited about Kevin Feige coming in mm. alongside Kathleen Kennedy. Like, if he can do for Star Wars what he just did for Marvel, oh, because I mean, even you know, Avengers yeah. Endgame. Like, if, if I if he can. Yeah, I'm I'm really excited about that, but I don't know what what's happening with Star Trek right now. So like, what, they actually just there? announced it officially yesterday. Okay, um, but <gasps> breaking news. Be breaking news. They officially announced a new series uh, right before the original series is supposed to take place. It's the uh, it's Christopher Pike's um, run as the captain of the Enterprise. It's called Strange New Worlds. So it's all about exploration, okay. which is the uh, original. Okay. The original right. mission of the of Star Trek, anyway, was about exploration. So, so it would be between would Discovery be after that, and then the original. It's between series? it's between Discovery and the original series. Uh, you could probably skip Discovery, Jay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, there's parts of it that are good. Um, when Pike t- comes on the scene, it turns really good. Yeah. Okay. Um, oh yeah, the crew uh, members are great. The, there's. And there's a good story in there, um, especially with um, 
So Michelle Yao is one of the, uh, she plays an amazing character. Captain Giorgio She's is her badass. character. <laughs> and I love her. And she gets killed off in the first episode. Everyone gets like, they lose their mind because it's like, it's Michelle Yao, she got killed. And then they bring her back. <laughs> Uh, as, but like, but as in the mirror universe, so she's evil, and she's oh, like the okay. empress, and it's like, you do not mess with her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, she, she will savor you right then. Like <laughs> I have to step up and defend Mirror uh, Michelle. Go for it. Go for it. Yeah. Um, because she, I think she's she's kind of what you would call in D and D speak lawful evil, right? Mm-hmm. Like she's got a code. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and she, you know you know, works with people and, um, it's not just this sort of, you know, just. Yeah. And she shows it even at the end of the, of the season when mm-hmm. she is fighting against the, the supercomputer AI, uh, yeah. you know, of control, yeah. um, with, with, uh, the crew, but yeah. So the new series is going to be Pike's enterprise. So it'll be Pike and Spock and Rebecca Romaine is number one. Okay. Uh, which, which is really cool because they're bringing that character back from the original story, which they had never talked about at all. So that'll be interesting to see that. And, yeah. His, uh, yeah. The, yeah. The, the, in the pilot, the, it was Pike and um, his first officer was woman. Yeah. And that was Majel. Majel. Ra- that was Majel, that was Barrett, Majel yeah. Barrett. Yeah. Who played. Roddenberry's wife. Yep. She played number one in the, in the original pilot. And so now they're bringing that character back. Okay. Um, to be in the series with. Yeah with Christopher Pike and for, and with Spock. And so I think it's going to be, it's going to be a pretty cool series. Yeah. Um, they have a chance to, to really do some neat storytelling because they, there is a, there is a, a finite end. They know where it's going to bump up to the original series. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, so that'll they have be tricky. A, I mean, that, that'll be tricky, tricky but I think they have a neat way to do it. Yeah. 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 I don't like the idea, Jeff. You don't, you're, <laughs> no, you're opposed. Sure okay. Okay. Uh, good to know. Um, I, I guess when we get to that part of our discussion, I'll bring a third person Let's just in. Keep Jay. <laughs> <laughs> I Jay, I, I will admit, I, I if we need to have more conversations, I watched the original or the the prequels, so I'll have to do those first, and then yeah, I'm not up to speed on any of the of the shows like the. Clone Rebels Wars is good. Clone Rebels. Wars is, I, you know, I haven't gotten all the way through Clone Wars yet. Um, you know, a lot of people love that one. I love that. Um, yeah, I've heard great things about it. Um, but I am watching but, The Mandalorian, and I do like it. Yeah, um, you're going to dig that one next season. I'm looking forward to season two. It looks really um, good. I, I do admit I, I've, I've, I've been looking forward to seeing those episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, whether it's Star Wars, I mean, I'm, I'm game for coming back and talking other things, too. If you guys want to jump into some some Harry Potter territory, I would be down <laughs> yeah. for, for, for jumping into that sometime. It'd be, it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. This has hey. been a really fun conversation for sure. <laughs> I miss so, you, Jay. I miss you too. <laughs> <laughs> so Jenny, at the expense of, of making Wesley mad, he is waiting outside with our fortune. Okay. Cookies. Well, he can just wait one damn minute um, <laughs> because I have to say, like, shut up, Wesley. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jay and I work together how long ago was it when you left? It was 20, I left in 20, 2016, maybe? All right. 2016. So about, it's been probably about four years since we've talked. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, it feels like it was yesterday. And that's, yeah. to me, that is a sign of like lifelong friendship. Right. I'm sorry, I'm going to make right. it feel weird. But, um, you know, this. Is- no, no, not at all. <laughs> I, 
I think you're nailing it. Okay. Um, yeah. You you know Star Star Trek fans deserve that in some. Capacity. Eventually, we, we'll yeah. get it. You know, um, if if nothing else, we'll we'll make it our own. Right. <laughs> like the guy who made the, the the Star Trek shuttlecraft in his garage. Yeah. <laughs> and don't forget about Starbase Columbus. I don't know if they're still in business or not, but they hmm. um, they have a lot of sci-fi stuff there, and then they have the like a the captain's chair a replica. I think that's awesome. It's a little, it's a little kind of a, uh, I was going to say trashy, but I don't want to spend them because I really like going there. <laughs> um, but it's been a long time. Maybe they're there. Anyway. That's fine. Yes. <laughs> so anyway. That's fine. Now, now's the time on Sprockets. On Sprockets. Trek. <laughs> we do the flying dolphin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the- Dance with me, monkey. <laughs> <laughs> So, but it, so anyway, I guess we can call Wesley in for our yeah. cookies now. Yeah. So, <laughs> I got mine. My first one here, or my, my cookie, sorry. Yeah. Is uh, fortune cookie. Fortune. My fortune in it says small print leads to large risk. Yes. So, Jay, the, the, the rules of acquisition are basically the Ferengi religion on how to make a profit. Okay. Yeah, they're they're the the merchant based society, and that's profit is their god. Gotcha. So there are a okay. couple hundred rules of acquisition. Yeah. And uh, so, what could you say so, yours again? Yep. So small print leads to large risk. Yeah. I always. It's true, though. I mean, if you think about it, like it, if you want to just make a a real easy quick profit just make it clear what you're charging right. for you know <laughs> right. there's no there's no gamesmanship it's like you want this thing right here here jay i've got this great glass i stole it from bd's mongolian barbecue while it was still in business <laughs> and, i wonder uh, why they went out of business <laughs> uh, gee i hmm <laughs> it might have had to do with this glass um <laughs> it even says we do it on a grill on the back i will sell this glass to you at a profit for me, mm-hmm. but at a firm price. Right. Fair no price. gamesmanship. At a fair yeah. price. Right. One strip of gold plus latinum. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you don't know is on the bottom is that uh, he gets a quarter every time you drink out of it. Oh, well, I, mean, so. it, I mean, it's written clearly down there, but. <laughs> it, it's going to dip into your PayPal. You won't even see it. Right. Yeah. It's conveniently already hooked up. I don't have yeah. to worry about it. Well, you had to use PayPal to pay him because we can't like exchange money. Yeah. So small print leads to large risk. Yeah. That's true. That was mine. Yeah. Mm. Um, the less employees know about the cash flow, the smaller the share they can demand. Okay, whoops. <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering about where my paycheck was going, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Um, and if you think about Nog, I think about Nog and in, in Cork, right? Like yeah. he didn't know what was coming in and what wasn't coming in. No. no. Cork controlled it, that whole bar. Like there was <laughs> Yeah, what was his it was his brother 
Oh, Ram, Ram, Ram. Yeah. 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 The Quark. Okay. Deep Space Nine, uh, the abandoned space station that the Federation was asked to come in to help reset up. So it's a, it was, it's a bit of a, a mess and there it's more of a grease monkey thing. Um, than any other Star Trek. Okay, it's like thing. a dead mall that they revived. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. got a total abandoned mall feel to it. Yeah. And, and, well, who is Lieutenant Cisco? Lieutenant? No, it's Commander. Commander Cisco yeah. eventually becomes captain, don't worry. Um, <laughs> he, he's like trying, and the Federation does not own it. They're not in charge. They're going to help mm-hmm. uh, bring it, you know, back to functionality. And, yeah. Um, and, and he saw that one of the key things was like, you got to keep a bar uh, <laughs> place. And Quark is a friend. And he was watching people not coming to the space station at all. And he was like, I'm out. Uh, but Cisco convinces him to stay. And that's really like the kind of the heart of the whole Deep Space Nine um, situation where, um, and Quark runs it and his brother, and his brother doesn't know anything about what the business or the money that they take in. Yeah. Um, he just goes and, and waits the tables. That's like, yeah. he, he doesn't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. But um, in, in this true Star Trek fashion, uh, Rom's son, Nog, uh, aspires, aspires yeah. to be an engineer in Starfleet, which yeah. no Ferengi had been. And, um, and the, the actor that played him recently passed away. Yep. Uh, yeah, that, I love it when stories do that, when when people jump out of the their norm or what yeah. their story they've been handed. That's yeah, and that's actually one of the stories, Jenny, uh, as, I, as I continue to try to appreciate Deep Space Nine more, uh, I'm getting over to that story and I'm starting to appreciate that a little bit. So. Yeah, and yeah. Deep Space Nine really is the first Star Trek that really took on religion. Um, yeah, it did. There's a powerful religious faction um, in the in the territory that they have to deal with. And Cisco becomes integral in that, uh, their mythology. So it's kind of cool. Yeah, that is cool. Uh, but it is a slow start. Yeah. Uh, like the sure. first two and a half seasons. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your fortune, uh, Jay? Yeah, do you have a My, fortune for us? Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll throw it. I mean, if you go fortunes in, uh, in Star Wars, you have to start with Yoda. Like that's, that's the only place to start. Um, and this one for me came from the last Jedi. Like this was my, this was one of the high points of me from, from the last Jedi when he was having a conversation with Luke and, uh, and Yoda says, you know, pass on what you've learned, strength, mastery, but weakness, folly, failure. Also, yes, failure. Most of all, the greatest teacher failure is Luke. We are what we grow beyond. That is the true burden of all masters. Um, I, that just resonated with me Mm. in, in, in a big, big way that, that you know the 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 place that um that failure has in our life as a as a teacher when we yeah. when we take the right posture towards it um and this idea of we are what we grow beyond you know yeah that, that's just something that sort of stuck with me and how that's a burden of, of somebody who's who's attempting mastery of anything yeah and you run into that throughout your doesn't matter how old you are you know like you run into people right. who are just stuck with what they used to be or mm. regret and those kind of things. It's like, you really have to um, let go of that self image and to, to get to the next level of things. Mm-hmm. It's hard because it's your egos, right? The middle. Right. Of all that. Right. Yeah. Well, speaking of sharing, uh, grandpa Klingon shared a proverb with me, Jenny. Okay. Uh, as he's likely to do 
on any random basis at this point now because he's locked down and is tired of spending time in his head. So um, mm-hmm. he he wanted to challenge me to read it in the original Klingon first. Go for it. Tough. So I will do that. And then I'll give you the actual translation of it. Okay. Uh, so let's see. Hand on my chest here. Good Klingon. Heglu di mab le truk kick poo heg wanel. And it literally translates into when someone else dies, not alone, the death event is good. Okay. I think yeah. we've 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 recently sort of you know if you put that into a more of a colloquialism, death is an experience best shared. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Grandpa Klingon's thinking deep this right this week. You know he's. <laughs> well, yeah, and I mean you hear about people having to just die on their own because yep, right of having coronavirus. It's it's sad. Yeah. So here he's talking about sharing that event, not just not just having to do it alone. Mm-hmm. Well, probably not a sickbed death, though, more of a battlefield situation. Uh, it was it was used by the Klingon honor guard. You know, as, as he <laughs> as they would race out with their batlets to defend the emperor. So yeah, I mean, yeah, it was more of a battle cry. So <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, I see. It was less of amusing. Yeah. It's a good but to, him, but to him, he's he's musing on it right now. So yeah, it's got layers. Yeah, yeah, it's nuanced. After all, that's the one nuance that the Klingons have is about death. So. Yeah, yeah, I love the Klingons. That's fun. They're fun. They're fun. They're interesting. <laughs> they're fun. Yeah. They're fun. They're so cute and fun. <laughs> well, and they're especially fun to watch when they're not with Kling- other Klingons, when, when they're trying, like Worf, trying yeah. to interact with the uh, being a part of the Federation, but also having this, you know, high loyalty to his clan and, and all that. It's really, it's a good dynamic. I've always admired the Klingon, uh, not from the next generation, the way they portrayed the Klingons was really always a good contrast to the clean. I think know, the take we get from that is that Jenny, Jenny has always admired the Klingons. That's yeah. what I got from that. So Yeah. Okay. Thanks okay. for mansplaining that. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I always count on you. Anytime. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> you, know, you know where mansplaining comes from, right? <laughs> oh, you're gonna give me, you're gonna give me some some Jenny explaining. Yeah, it, co- it comes from a well, actually. A deep well. Man, you know, okay, mansplaining comes from a well, actually, because that's yeah. how mansplaining starts, Jeff, with well, actually. Oh, oh. I had a man, oh. I had a femsplain, a mansplaining joke. Oh, <laughs> she's gonna be here all week. <laughs> Try the veal. I think pricing specials. I think we should make Jenny splaining a thing. I think, I think that, that might be a new thing. segment. Is Jenny splaining? <laughs> I love explaining things, even when I don't know a thing about it. Right. You do it so well, Jenny. You oh, do thank it so you. Well. Cool. Well, guys, I think I think that wraps up our discussion for this week. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was super um, fun, guys. Yeah. Jay, thanks for joining us, man. It was oh, great. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Anytime we can talk this kind of stuff, I'm down. Super fun. Cool. It was a lot and, of fun. Well, and you're now in the the Facebook group, and do you want to say your Twitter handle or wherever you? Yeah, it's just at Jay Oldacre. 
um j-a-y-o-l-d-a-k-e-r awesome cool. all right cool well, well if you uh yeah please do folks if you're out there and you like this give us a comment let oh they know. liked it i don't even <laughs> worry about it now i mean right. future future jeff just you know wants to make sure that we get that that comment out there so yeah. <laughs> the j team right um, that's right that's right yeah but yeah thanks thanks for joining us jay it was a lot of fun um yep forward to whatever future discussions are going to be it's a lot of, it's a it'll be a blast no matter what so. yeah yes. it'll be a good time yep. and i have to say I don't have a very bad feeling about this. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Never tell me the odds, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to say, hit it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Hey, we'll right. talk soon. Yeah. All right. Till next time. All right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Tranquility Base here.